50% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from threes. He's 5 to 10. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one eight. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a late night edition of Less Rage Cougs, sponsored by the Saxonian family, our primary sponsor. I am KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, and with me is my man Dayon Dunlap. The Cougs, well, I got to be specific, the Houston <laughs> Cougars defeated the BYU Cougars 75-68 on the road in Provo, Utah. We're going to discuss with the fans who are watching us on Twitter, X, Musk, at Pajama. Also, Possibly my gem on YouTube, as well as on the Houston Round Bar View at you on YouTube as well. Your thoughts on it, man? What are your thoughts on what we saw? Man, it was a cat fight. It was a cat <laughs> <Yeah>. fight. <laughs> nah, but man, it was a great game. I think um, both teams, of course, came out and played. But we talked about it before. BYU's three-point shooting versus Houston defense, and I was expecting Houston to switch a lot, and they did. And you made adjustment by putting a bigger player in who could dive straight to the basket and take a capitalize on those switches. So, I mean, overall, it, it was a good game. I, I think um, going back to our last previous episodes about Jamal um, being the, the number one option in regard, uh, I think he he's proven. Um, of course, not only just tonight this year, but I think that he's ready to step up and, and really, really be the catalyst for this Houston team. And Corey makes a great point. I already haven't really thought about it, but I've watched a ton of U-Rage games in my life and don't think I've seen us switch one through five before. But one five like that, I mean, because that's really what it was. At one five, they switched a lot. A lot. And it really was until, you made a very good point, until BYU put in big man Traore, it really wasn't an issue down low with a big getting the ball. Troy, you know, did some work, did some damage in the final minutes of the second half. But the Cougs found a way to win the game. Emmanuel Sharp did not shoot the ball well, but he found other ways to contribute to winning. Nine rebounds. I know that's a season high. I'm not sure if that's a career high, but he had nine boards. He made clutch free throws down the stretch. L.J. Cryer, 23 points, 5 of 9 from 3. Damian Dunn, 10 points, 2 of 4 from 3. Jamal Shedd, 2 for 5 from 3. Jamal, he had more bad luck around the rim at the basket than he did elsewhere, but he still scored 16 points at 4 assists and 3 rebounds. Hey, a win is a win. I got to ask you, man. I kind of know what you're going to say, but... <laughs> You know me, how I'm thinking. But the stat line, BYU 11 for 38 from three, 14 for 21 from two. Dayon, I mean, sometimes you just got to do something else, man. 38 threes, if they're not falling, get the ball inside. Go do more layups, something. What do you think? I, I mean, I, I think that's philosophy. Their philosophy is to live and die by the three. You live by and you die by. And it's hard to – I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I understand that. But for a coach's philosophy, based on the, the talent that he has on his team, I, I like the strategy for their team, particularly because of the shooters that they have. And then I like the adjustment of, of adding a big man who can potentially – 
give you some dive, but one of their guards, hold on, let me go back to their roster. I think he, um, I think it was Robinson, or no, it was Johnson. Johnson, a few of them could have been more aggressive and not so settling for the threes, but, I mean, if, if that's your, that's what kept them in the game, honestly. <laughs> Especially early in down the stretch when they were on that 12-0 run, it's their ability to get turnovers and Houston turnover or miss shots and getting out in transition and making those transition threes. And that's where, what really plagued Houston to have court set. They was able to really defend them for the most part except early when um, they got caught up on those switches and gave up those threes at the top of the key for the big man because of how they normally trap the screen and that, that extra pass to the big man is trying to recover. They gave up those three. But then when you go to switching, I mean, I like that philosophy. But for LJ for Cryer, I think it, he got a lot of good shots tonight. A lot of good shots. If not, a lot of intentional with him and Emmanuel was letting them play and pick and roll. And I think that was something because it, it, the BYU was playing drop coverage when their big man was basically just dropped and, and forcing them, allowing them to, to take the ball into them and create contact and get inside. And so I, I like that, that adjustment for Cole Samson. And I'm not really worried about Emmanuel, whether his three-point is going or not. He showed enough for me um, this year that he's going to impact the game, whether his shot is falling or not. Um, not only with rebounding, like you mentioned, having, I don't know if it's a career high, but having nine rebounds, but getting to the free throw line. He's yeah. shown that he, he he's the type of scorer that can get to the free throw line. And whether he's shooting the ball a good night, you can at least expect 12 from him a night. He's going to at least get to the free throw line four or five or six times and make 80, 90% of them. And so I like that. But but LJ, he got a lot of good looks tonight. Made his wide open looks and made the defense pay. The offensive rebounding was really um, where Houston made his hate tonight. I mean, 15 offensive rebounds on – 41, 41 overall rebounds and 15 offensive rebounds on 59 missed shots. So, but those offensive rebounds, man, in the first half, JoJo was really dominant. I mean, yep. it, it was his best game in the first half. Second half, he had he played good too. But Coach Sampson, it, it was big for Jay Wan to have to stay in his game because Coach didn't want to play JoJo and JVA at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the Cougs, out of those. 15 offense rebounds had 15, seven second chance points edge. That's an eight point advantage. And then one by seven. So, you know, that's a key. They got to the line, 24 free throw attempts, made 17. BYU, one part of shooting so many threes, you don't get a lot of free throw attempts. Only had 10 free throws and made seven. I thought it was a good win. The Cougs had a lead of 12 and 13. Offense had some bad breaks on some of the shots that rolled out. BYU made a run. BYU capitalized on misses and scored in transition because as a game, except for Traore down the stretch, BYU's half-court offense, BYU is pretty much contained. BYU got their points from three down the stretch a lot because of transition after a missed bucket or a turnover by Houston. But it was a good win. Cougs' first road win in the Big 12, I believe, right? Yes, sir. So, hey, it's good. And now you get to focus on K-State. But we want the fans to chime in. Got a lot of people commenting. Thank you for staying up. You you watched the game or however you watched it. You followed it on the stats or whatever you did. But thank you very much for joining us here on this edition of Less Rage Cougs. I like this one right here. It says it all. Hell of a win for sure. Yep. Yeah, it was a 
Awesome win. Go Cougs. Yeah. Keep going. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a good win. Um, I think all around, Damian, I think, could have a, a bigger game if he played more minutes. I mean, he shot the ball really well tonight. It seemed to be in really good rhythm. Knocked down two threes, got an end one, got to the free throw line. But it just seemed like he could have went for 20 if he played uh, more minutes. But he he had a good spark. I think Malik came in and hit a hit a three. Mm-hmm. Surprised me. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, and I was thinking about you <laughs> when he made it. But um, Houston's ability to shoot the three ball and make the three ball, we got to talk about them shooting because that's what also really kind of kept them in the game early with the way BYU was knocking down those threes. They made, I think, a season-high 10 threes today. And so that three ball was good. And I, I really like when – Jamal, I mean, LJ is efficient. I think mm-hmm. he's, he, he, he relies so much on his three-point shot, but when it's going, the open ones, I think it, it just makes him feel more comfortable on the offensive end to put the ball on the floor and to do other things offensively. I'm looking at the second-half numbers. Cougs made nine shots in the second half from the floor, four threes. LJ made all four of those threes. LJ was four for eight from the floor in the second half. The rest of the team was five for 21. But they went 12 for 16 from the free throw line. So they found a different way to win the game. As Kellen Santos says it, you know, road games, street fights. Houston found a way and a little bit different because they didn't go to one a lot on the mid post, low post. Not enough for my, my, my take. Did you think? When Traore fouled one at the free throw line, with like that was on intentional. Yeah, it definitely. I think it. I think that was a great coaching right there. Honestly, in my opinion, looking at the percentage of um, J one, knowing he's shooting about fifty percent, and you're looking at the time. I think it was around a minute left or mm-hmm. somewhere around that time. And, and look, he split the free throws. Yep. You down one, you get the ball back with a chance to go up and, and take the lead. And so I think it definitely was a. a intentional foul there and, and it was smart I, I i wasn't even thinking it and, until they brought it to the attention i think that was a smart coaching move in which j1 could have knocked down he made the first one missed the second one but houston i think was able to get a stop and uh credit to byu though i think they're a really good team they're hard to defend because of they, they shoot the ball so well and they challenge you every time in transition whether it's a miss shot or a turnover so it's very critical not only take care of the ball but to get back on defense, possession by possession. But Houston's offense, I mean, pretty much, I don't want to say everyone had it going because Emmanuel didn't really shoot the ball well, but he still contributed offensively. But just look at the way that they can beat you. I mean, whether it's Emmanuel having a hot night and, and whoever and being kind of cool, I think Jamal is really where, where it's all said and done. I think he, he's the guy is going to take Houston as far as they can go. And I don't mean by scoring. I mean by in picking and choosing his spots when to score. It's because when, um, when he had his career game last game, it wasn't so much for me about the him being making all the shots. It was about him getting to the spots and taking the shots that he was taking. And he was taking those shots tonight. They just weren't falling inside the paint. Yeah. Whether his floaters and his layups and getting inside, but his his jumper was going, and when that mid range is going, he's hard to guard. And I think, I mean, he, I think I can foresee him having a 
a, a tournament run like Kimba Walker had. I think Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He, he can do something like that. I, I think he can. And Put it out there in the universe, man. <laughs> Put it out there. Sounds good to me. So, yep. But real quick, as always, want to thank you to today's secondary sponsor, Star Pizza. With multiple locations across the Houston area, Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Please be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. And you're watching Les Rage Coog presented by the Saxonian family, a late-night edition, as we talk about the Battle of the Cats as the Houston Cougars won in Provo over the BYU Cougars 75-68. LJ Cryer scored a game-high, believe it, game-high uh, 23 points to yes, lead sir. Houston to the win. 7-14, efficient, as Dan touched on it. 7-14 from the floor, made five of his nine three-point attempts. Houston won the board battle 41-34, went to the free throw line, made 17 of their 24 free throws, compared to BYU 7 of 10. Good road win for Houston, their first Big 12 road win this season. Won't be their last. The announcers said a few times that Coach Sampson had mentioned to them prior that, hey, we know BYU is going to score 70. Well, they didn't. <laughs> BYU scored 68, and Houston won the game by seven. Yeah, he, he did mention that. And that was a um, a key note. And just brought to, I didn't think about it until you just mentioned it. And I'm pretty, pretty sure that was a, a number that Coach Samson was looking for, not only to stop them, for them to reach to be able to win this game. He knew defensively that they were going to make shots, but it's about – um, Houston making shots and him challenging his players to know that they they have to score. I mean, not only can can we just not be the number one, de- be the number one defense and play tough half court defense. They're gonna make shots, but we gotta make shots too. And they they did that. They made timely shots, timely yes. buckets, especially when the momentum on the road was getting close. One or two buckets. LJ stepped up. His Big Twelve experience, I think, really played a part tonight on the road, and uh, that helped him through his his on-the-road struggles. I, mm-hmm. I think he now we can expect for him to, to really continue and probably um, make an all-Big all 12 conference team if, if he can keep it on for the rest of the year. But, yeah, I think I mean, you're right on with that. I'm glad Chris B. brought this up because <laughs> I heard Coach yelling to Emmanuel after he fouled <laughs> Trevin Nell on that three-point attempt. Emmanuel. That's why we have problems on the road. I don't need that. I can't use, don't do that. Don't file a jump shooter. Don't file a three-point shooter. I got Nell going because he hadn't scored before that foul. Made the three free throws, then switched to three. But the aggressiveness, Emmanuel, he lunged. He he recovered, leaped over there so far. He made contact with Nell on three-point shot, but it, it, it really wasn't. The hustle was there, but it wasn't a smart foul. I mean, it just wasn't, you know. But, hey, Coos won by seven. Emmanuel made up for it in other areas, and that's what you want from a player. He didn't dwell on his mistake. He made up for it, and that's what you want. He impacted winning in other ways. He <laughs> but did, right. but you can't, can't have that foul, though. Yeah. You can't have that foul, most definitely. I think that that's one um, that, that Coach Sampson, I'm sure, when they watch him, they're like, come on, man, we, we can't have those, especially on the road. 
and especially on the road. So definitely anytime on the road at home, it don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the microphone was, was really positioned closely to Coach close, Sampson. Yeah. <laughs> we heard a lot of what he said you know, during the game, which is good for the most part. And he didn't swear too much. You know, at least I didn't notice what he, you know, I, I couldn't tell because he does do that a lot during games too. But fans, thank you for joining us here. What are your thoughts on what you saw? The confidence? Are you more confident now in what you saw? Damn, remember, it wasn't that long ago after losing to TCU. Oh, this team is not ready for the Big 12. This team should fall down in the top 10, top 25, the top 15. They don't deserve to be in. T- remember those? Remember those words? Remember that? From some of our own fans here on the show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's a long year, man. This Big 12 is a, is a tough, tough, tough conference i mean you, you look at um the standings and i i was just looking at them. texas take at the top right now who we just beat them at home and kansas state is right there with four four and one and their only losses to a texas team who who beat a ranked oklahoma team tonight who was doing three in conference and so game after game it's going to be a, a street fight whether on the road or at home and so just not really being prisoners on a moment and just understand that um, on a game-to-game basis, Houston is it maybe it's going to lose some games. I, I think during the broadcast they said that the Big 12 champion might have five losses. So, and I think that that's probably will be true, probably have four or five losses in the Big 12 um, conference champion. And I'll agree with Chris B on this as well. Shout-out to BYU presentation media team because I like I – I don't know if they did a post-game show because we're doing this, obviously. But their halftime show was nice. I liked how the presentation and everything of that. Dayon, I don't know, my man. I'm just saying, if someone wants to support us and put some money in our pockets our way, we could do stuff like that, too, for Cougs. You know, basketball games and things of that sort, presentation-wise. I'm just putting it out there. You know, y'all know how to reach us here on these platforms. Y'all know how to follow us and on Twitter and Instagram, et cetera. We could do more. We're doing a lot. With not a huge budget, but imagine if we had a larger budget, what we could do for the fans, Kook fans all over the world. Because as folks know, we have fans who've chimed in from Bavaria, <laughs> other places in Europe. So Less Rage Cougs is global. Thank you very much to our sponsors and our fans who are watching this show tonight at 1037 Central, 1137 Eastern, and whatever time it is, maybe in Europe somewhere, you know, but thank you very much for watching this as we talk about Houston's 75-68 road win over BYU. I think BYU was fifth in the net. Houston was one. So it obviously another Q1 win for Houston. Would be their fifth or sixth so far this season. K-State this Saturday, I think would be another chance for a quad one win. I think it's life in the Big 12 as you touched on it. Yes, it is possible that the Big 12 champ might lose as many as five conference games this season because it's life in the Big 12, which is what we wanted and this is what we got. Yeah, and we're ready. Um, K-State team, well coached by Coach Tang over there. Got a really good team, a lot of transfers, but their point guard, Perry, who transferred from UNT, is a tough guard. I really, really like his game. Cam Quiet, it's going to be a great game, man. Yep. It's going to be a, a great game. 
Kansas State actually is coming, will be coming off back-to-back road games. They're going to Iowa State, which we know how tough it is to play there. And then they'll be coming to Houston. And hopefully Houston and Krug fans can make Bertitas in a, a tough atmosphere. And as I was watching the game and, and watching BYU, looking at um, their um, stadium or arena, I should say, and, and I was thinking about the Fertitas, and I think Fertitas is actually a perfect size for Houston fans and not having a 10,000, 11,000 um, capacity arena. Uh, I think with the, with the size it is, for the way Houston fans is, it's actually a great size. It is, but I was thinking, I don't know how it can be done, but the way BYU, I think it's, I won't name it, the name, name of the arena because it's a hotel chain. They're not paying us, so I give them a plug. But the fans, a lot of the fans are next to the visiting team's bench. Mm-hmm. I like it some way if the students, I, like I mean the too. students, excuse me, the student section, if the students, the Kook students could be closer, be closer to the visiting team's bench to heckle, yell at them and do, you know, I'm not sure if it can be done, you know, change things around. I, I doubt it, but the vibe in Fertitta Center is great. Chris B says we need a bigger student section for sure. Yeah, definitely a bigger student section. No question. No and, question. And Corey Miller section. says the student section is separated. I think so because we've got a floor section for students. Yeah, it's and a then floor. another one's, I think, across, like in the corner, opposite the visitors, you know, kind of negates the purpose, man. You know, it's, I mean, you want to be yeah, close. Yeah, I, I, you know? I think it should be expanded. I think the floor part should be expanded. And it should be a part behind the student section. It should be behind one of the goals, because you see yeah. some of these other stadiums where they hold up signs and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Like that atmosphere should be in the fratita. All of most of those signs be on the side, and but the others, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I say for for the size of the way Houston is, it's okay for Houston fans and the, the way the Houston atmosphere is. I'm just counting down the weeks till I go to Allen Fieldhouse and be able to get a different perspective of what a college atmosphere is like. And that's going to be, I look forward to to hearing from you to describe that atmosphere because it is the way it's set up. It's completely different yeah. than Fertitta Center. And we have what we have. It's a small, intimate setting at Fertitta. It does get loud in there. We're just, if we could do this, little tweaks here and there about seating. And you know, Chris Corey's right on this. They have one behind the band, but it's it's too far away from the from the visitors. You know, it's not close right. enough on the visitors. Of the, but maybe in due time, you know. Sam agrees with you. Students behind the baskets would be neat. You know, hey. So Chris Pesman, other folks, administration, if you're watching us, just giving you an idea. I don't know what it could be done. Yeah, just throwing wrong ideas. Yeah, just toss stuff out there on this edition of Less Rage Coos. Anything else you want to talk about? Your thoughts on, let's see, Ramon didn't play a lot. But early in the first half, well, in the first half, when JoJo was struggling, defending on the perimeter, I thought Ramon came in just, his his minutes was good enough to settle down the defense on the perimeter. What do you think about that? Yeah, and I, I thought he was going to play more minutes when Jay Wong went down and Coach Sam not wanting to play Javier and JoJo together. But um, I, I think he definitely did come in and be able to kind of settle down. 
Uh, and Joe, Joe, it, it was tough, but the way the way that Houston normally defends the perimeter, they normally, of course, trap who was ever coming and forced them either one way or get the ball out of their hands. And, and with that, they they look to recover. And so, giving up those, <clears throat> excuse me, wide open threes, Houston switched it up. It's like we're just going to switch on the screens. And that was tough because either JoJo, he was either guarding a guard, but he did a good job. I think for the most part, for the most part, I think early, like you said, definitely was an adjustment. But once he makes that adjustment, he had a good time. He does a great job using his length. I think people actually can actually tell how long he is until actually playing against him. But he does a good job of doing that and getting offense rebounds, tips of that one day was tipped to a three-pointer to LJ. But I think just overall, his, his energy, uh, Ramon, I think it, he will have his game. I, I'm sure he will. But uh, I think we could have seen even more of him tonight. But with that adjustment, Houston needed uh, two big bodies on the floor. So it was it was paramount for Jay Wan to come in. I really think I like it for Damian Dunn show tonight, though. He knocked yep. down some catch-and-shoot threes. And we know he has ability to be a scorer, but just showing ability to, to be a catch-and-shoot player is only going to open the floor up for Jamal. Uh, so when he does that, I'm thinking the ball is, is, in, is in Jamal's hands and he's the first option to make a choice whether he's being aggressive to score or being aggressive to create because of LJ or because Emmanuel because someone else is hot. But he's the X factor because he's not only can, like I said tonight, can catch and shoot threes, but he can be an ISO player. That tough end when he got tonight, that was a tough – yeah. Um, grown man move, and so I, I think this a little bit more minutes for him would have led to a bigger game because of I know although Emmanuel didn't shoot the ball well, he still had a, had a good game defensively, rebounding, getting to the free throw line. But uh, I don't know, I, well, whatever Coach Sampson sees, and whenever he allow Damian to fully, fully play uh, more minutes, he's a role player right now, so role players only going to play role minutes. And so um, just in his role, I think he, he's really coming and finding his rhythm in his role. We're going to need him to be a star in his role because of it's going to be a game, whether it's in the Big 12 tournament, NCAA tournament, where um, his role expands in his game to, to really showcase. And I think it's important for him just to continue to be in a good rhythm, playing smart and taking rhythm shots. I want to get to a couple of comments and questions from our viewers. <clears throat> First, right, your thoughts on this one. Does Jamal have a chance of being drafted? What do you think? I think I think he has a chance, but I think it's a it's a it's gonna take for him to have a Kimba Walker like run. I I know that's tough, and we don't see those often. But I think it's gonna take for him to have a really good NCAA tournament run in Houston to go far uh, and him to play well <laughs> because of his size yeah. and the way the NBA is right now, you, you got to be – he's great in areas. He's a, I think he can, though, because I look at the landscape of the NBA of guards, that's his size, his stature, and some of the things that they bring to a team, he definitely can play at the NBA. It's just about the right, the right team. The right, the right hype, all of those different things right got to be going. Coach, all of those things got to be going in his favor, 
And and but if it all is, I think he can be drafted because of one thing that he he can do right now. He can definitely run a team. He can definitely defend. Look at a Davion Mitchell, for example. I said Kimba Walker, but let's just think Davion Mitchell, for example. He can have that type of run, and he used to have, I don't want to say that type of success, but with a championship or at least make it far. He can, he can, I think he can, man. I think he can. What you think, Chris? I think he has a role in the NBA. I'm not sure about getting drafted because, and I said from this point of view, if he gets drafted in the second round, he might get drafted by a team that just doesn't really have a fit for him and it'll be bad for him. That set him back even further, right? Where he, if he becomes a free agent, he can pick the best spot for him to make a roster. It might take him a, you know, a year in the G league or going back and forth, whatever. But see, comparing Jamal to Sherman Douglas, that's old school. That's old NBA. <laughs> you know, that may not be good enough for, for this NBA going forward, but I think Jamal has a role and he's a leader and he wins. And there are enough bad teams in the NBA who make the wrong decisions and don't have enough guys who know how to win, who know how to lead a team and know how to impact winning. And a lot of those teams stay bad for a while because they make the wrong choices and try to go for just the wrong people and personnel rather get guys like Jamal who will help you win. If nothing else, Jamal will make your starters better in practice. Game, practice after practice. He will, he will make the lead guard better. Every practice, going hard, being that guy to motivate. And then coach calls him, shit, go defend so-and-so. Got it, coach. Jamal, I need you five minutes running offense. Got it, coach. That could be his role right there. He can have a long career yeah. just doing that. Yeah, I think he can have a career. It's a lot of guards within his stature. But I, I, I just it's a lot of things that, like like you said, and I agree with, they got to play in his favor. I think it's a long shot. I think it can happen, though. I think it can happen. I've seen it time after time with college teams having a long run and the hype from that. One or two players always reap the benefits. I, matter of fact, you know what? I think Jamal would be drafted before LJ. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'd agree. I'd I'll say sure. that. Yeah, agree. And and the NBA it's star it's star driven, but I think what well, LJ having his favor, although they're both around the same size, is he's a knockdown sniper, and that's one thing with the NBA, he can play off ball. But the thing is, in which he can try to learn it and get that pedigree from coming to Houston, is being able to defend and so on. I'm a, I'm defend and and I'll do those dirty work and do those things at the next level. But um, I mean, I, I'm let, let's see. It's just kind of seeing down the road, right? And I want to get to Chris B's question comment about the food offerings in Fertitta in a second. But talk about Jamal. Any chance he'd return next year? That's small, <laughs> slim chance. I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so. No, I, no, I don't think so. I mean, this year he has a chance to be Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He has a chance to make an all-conference team. He has a chance to lead Houston far in the tournament. Why come back? I mean, he could go out at the highest peak of his college career. And he's, you know, and he's been here. It's not like this is his first year. And he has things yeah. to really improve. So, yeah, I, I doubt it. Seriously. 
Yeah, but I it too. Let's talk about the food because I want to put this out there because I know and you know that Houston administration watches our show. Okay, so let, I'm so I'm bringing this up because I noticed it. But Chris B says I've eaten cold burger from the new burger pop up. High school nachos with canned cheese mixed with water, and overpriced chicken fillet sandwich. Chris says he's re- retired from eating at Fertitta Center. And Dan, I'm gonna say this: when I'm at home games, almost every home game, I see nachos trays left almost untouched by fans. Every home game. Popcorn, bags of popcorn, microwave popcorn, almost full, like fans haven't touched it. So the food offering needs to be improved. Fans, if y'all want to chime in on Chris's comments, his concerns, but it's got to get better. It's Big 12. Step up your game. (laughs) Step up your game when it comes to the food and the concessions. Yeah, yeah, I can't add much on that. I I mean, I've definitely seen exactly i know exactly what you guys are talking about <laughs> and so i mean I, I second what you said it's time to step it up i mean you, you're big 12 you got to be top of notch everything around the board i mean no need to uh, yeah step it up how, how about this i think the we're talking about jameer nelson senior could you see them all like jameer nelson senior career um, I, I can see, I can see that. I can see it. Tyus Jones. Heck, Fred Van Vliet. Mm, I don't know. Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet. Tyus I mean, Jones. Yeah, because Fred, you know, he he got yeah. his money the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he went, he went he's worked hard him. for it. Yeah. Ty Lawson. So, I mean, there are some guys. Yeah, there's some guys. I mean, he can do a lot. There's a lot. He can do it. He can run a team. His challenge is proving that he can make knockdown in three if he's playing off ball. Because in the NBA, he won't just have the ball in his hands all game yep. like like um, like he do in college. He'll play along a star or two, and they're going to have the ball in pick and roll and he and sometimes he'd be standing on the wing or on the corner mm-hmm. having to knock down that shot to stretch the defense and then and, you know but yeah but yeah there i mean there are comps for him a, a big key is going to the right team the right coach and the right, right system who knows how right to maximize coach. what he right does team. well because yep. there's a whole bunch and of it gives him an opportunity that's it. That's a big that's key right thing. there. Yep. Because you can go, but you don't get an opportunity. Now you know your journey is it's a journey. It's just about going to the right team, like you said, Chris, the right coach, and getting the opportunity. And then Sammy, when the opportunity comes with yep. a great lead in, because <laughs> I was about to do the read. Star Pizza should be offered a free kiosk at Fertitta and or TDECU since they sponsor the Cougs. And they also sponsor Less Rage Cooks with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. Hmm. I wonder what would need to happen for them to get a kiosk at Tita or or TD ECU Stadium. 
need to put that out there. Figure that out. Andy got the connections over there. And if you're wondering, I think what Andy had a coach. He had a game tonight to coach. Is that it? I think. I believe so. I yeah. believe so. So that's why he he's he's not joining us tonight. I believe he'll be able to join us on Saturday after we discuss the Cougs K State game Saturday early start, eleven o'clock in the morning. It's Houston's blackout game, so fans are encouraged to wear black and get there man, early. I was man. Speaking of black, I hate. Can Houston do away with black jerseys after this year? Ahead, I hate it, it wholeheartedly. Can Houston do away with black jerseys, period? Every sport. I don't want them gone. We are not Texas Tech. And that's what we it looks are like. Not te- it looks like Texas Tech. Yeah. We are not Texas Tech. I see Houston fans heckle Cincinnati about their jerseys. And other, no. Can we do away with the black? Can we have a true alternate color? What is it? Is it, it's not, is it gray? Is it the darker blue? Can we make it the baby blue? Can we set a real tradition and follow it instead of trying to have different trends and follow it? Like those black jerseys got to go. Dan's putting that into existence as well. Damn. <laughs> Sammy says, truth, Dan. <laughs> Chris B says, preach. But Bobby, <laughs> he says, black is beautiful. We know black is beautiful. Oh, black is beautiful. No <laughs> but- question. No Jersey question. wise for Houston, it does look too much like Texas Tech. It does. Yeah, we gotta get rid of that, man. We gotta get rid of the black. But all right, these closing moments of this edition of Les Rage Cook, this late night edition of Les Rage Cook, presented by the Saxonian family. Recapping Houston's 75 68 win, road win over BYU. LJ Cryer, 23 points, game high, 7 for 14 from the floor, including five. For nine from three. Jamal Shedd scored 16 points. Missed a lot of shots around the rim. Just got bad luck. Shots rolled off, but he was six for 19 from the floor, had four assists. Houston only had nine turnovers. That's a that's a good right, right on the average. They averaged like nine or ten a game. BYU had 13, seven in the second half. The Cougs had, well, I gotta say it again. I got if I had a tip jar, I put money in it every time I, I said that wrong. Houston had a 17-7. Points off turnovers edge, as well as a 15-7 edge in second chance points. So Houston got a big win as Ron, I mentioned earlier, but Juan said it again. BYU is number five in the net. That's another example of why I don't really lean on or even refer to the AP poll or the coaches poll. Because I think BYU is like 21 or whatever in, in one of those polls, if not both. BYU was number five in the net. That's more important. That's what the committee, one of their factors that they consider for seeding in the tournament is quad one wins, quad two wins. So this is another quad one win for Houston. It's not about AP ranking or a coaches poll ranking. It's more quad one, quad two wins. That's why you see Houston as a one seed in most of the bracketology projections. What are your thoughts on what to look for this Saturday against K-State. Kind of mentioned earlier, but as we wrap it up, what do you think about K-State matchup? Man, a gritty team who's going to look to kind of make it a physical, excuse me. They're going to look to play a tough brand of basketball similar to like Houston plays. Um, offensive rebound. 
they have some dynamic guards who, who can really get it off the bounce, but they share the ball well. That's one thing they do. I think they share the ball well. Coach Stang has his group really kind of still gelling together and playing well together. And so um, it'd be strength on strength. They're, they're a really good defensive team. They're tough. Really, I like Houston with a lot of good guards and good athleticism. And so it's going to be strength on strength, I think, which guards can play better between Perry and Jamal Shedd in regards to control of the tempo, setting their team up, getting their assists, keeping their turnovers down, and which one um, – will have to score the ball. I think Perry is a player who can score and Jamal's a player who can score, but they both want to get their teammates involved first. And I think Jamal is just really hitting his stride and seeing that he's ready to take that next step and be a go-to player scoring with the mindset to pass first. And I think Coach Sampson is kind of trusting Jamal to be more of a scoring threat. You know, he had 19 shot attempts tonight. Coach Sampson... You've you've said it on many of our shows. When Coach Sampson trusts you to to, as long as you take good shots, he's good with that. He wants you to be aggressive, and take you know taking those bad shots. Jamal doesn't do that, so Coach Sampson trusts him to make the right decision, and that's part of his evaluation as a floor leader and the player he's become in this fourth year at Houston. The game against K State this Saturday. 11 o'clock in the morning. Game's going to be on ESPN. Fans get there early. I'm going to say it again. Let's start for the weekend. Now Houston did Big 12. Tailgating. Saturday morning. Get there early. Put stuff on the grill. Invite me over. (laughs) So I can get, I can sample some of your, your skills. And then I can tell Dayon after the show. Man, you missed it, man. Some good, some good food, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but seriously, I mean, you could take a picture, and shout them out during the show. Yeah, do that too. Let's let's start a tradition. In addition to getting rid of those black jerseys, <laughs> let's start doing this. You know, tailgating Saturdays, Sundays, the weekend Big Twelve basketball games. Let's do this. Come on, we can do it. Juan doing LOL. I'm serious. Cakes and eggs. Hey, I'm serious. Let's somebody make this happen. Let's start doing this. Tell us about it. We can plug you. You plug your little, your stand, your your whatever, your tent. Mm-hmm. And heck, you know, we can stop by before the game, after the game, take pictures of it, put it on here on the show. We're in the Big 12. Other Big 12 schools do these things. Let's start this. Let's form a new tradition. Let's form a Houston Cougar tradition. Come on. Life in Big 12. We're winning. Probably going to win for quite a while as long as the Samson family is in charge. Let's enjoy this ride and keep it going. I'm going to go first, my man, as we wrap it up here on this edition of Less Rage Coog, presented by the Nisexenia family. I am just do this for the big screen for closeout. I'm KG Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Ball Review. You can follow me on social media at Houston Round Ball Review on the platforms of Instagram, TikTok, Thread, Spoutable, YouTube, all those different things. But as always, we truly appreciate your support, your comments, your questions on all of our Less Rage Coog shows. Remember, Less Rage Coog, this show is the original, the original postgame show for Houston football and men's basketball. So as always, thank you very much for taking time out of your late night to join me and Dayon on this edition of Less Rage Cougs presented by the Saxenia family as well as Star Pizza. 
my man. It's your world. Like Chris just said, thank you for everyone who spent their time and minutes, whether you were on for 10, 15, 20, 30, or well, the entire duration of the show. Thank you for commenting, for your watch. We appreciate all the support to our sponsors. Thank you for the support as well. Chris, always a pleasure. Who's got the win tonight? Looking to make it three straight at home, three straight wins at home against Kansas State on Saturday. Like Chris just said, let's start a new tradition. I mean, get there, tailgate, let us know, send us on, on, contact us on social media, and we'll shout you out. We'll let you shout yourselves out. But it's always go Cougs, baby.